Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. And with me back again after a few weeks, Brethren FC, Mina Gali. Brethren joining us from international correspondent level in Egypt. How's it going, dude? It's going great, man. I miss you. I miss you, dude. I, I hate that we can you only can tell chat I'm with each tanned. other. You're very dark. Yeah, you, you've gotten yeah. like two or three shades darker. Uh, if we're going no by, longer have a farmer's tan. If we're going by Family Guy color chart, you'd be not okay anymore. <laughs> I'm now, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm now in the lower. You've end crossed the, the threshold of not okay anymore, <laughs> guys. I have a working title for this episode, and then we'll get into bro talk, and then we'll get into um, to what we're going to talk about today. But basically, I don't know which way. Uh, I'm going to think out loud with Mina here before we we name our episode. Yeah, and maybe this will be for for the Instagram segment or whatnot. What we're going to do today is we're going to be blowing up late. So I think naturally, it only makes sense to call the episode Blowing Up Lit, right? We're going to be pre- uh, predicting where we think some of the elite young talent at Lille will be going, maybe not this season, but in the future, where we can see these guys making a move to. Right. However, there's only one time that we're going to have TJW 101. So there's so many 101 course codes to pick from that I <laughs> genuinely wanted to, to make the title of this episode, Introduction to, to how to put on a great podcast, right? Like, it's just so fitting. It's so good. TJW 101. It's a great... That, would, it's, would you not honestly, take that course? a great title. I would. I would take that I course. would absolutely do that. 100%. Right? Especially if it's told by us, bro. Dude, 100%. co-professors? Come on, man. Come on. We have 100 like, episodes you know of experience what? now. You'll teach it because you're you're better at podcasts than I am because, first of all, that's your major. That's um, kind of what I do. But yeah. also... You're on every pod, every episode. That's fair. Uh, and I'll be I'll be the head TA. Boom. Or I'm I could bring you very in. Very okay with doing that. Get this. This would actually be very fitting for what it is that we do here. I would bring you on as a guest speaker. <laughs> because <laughs> really, that's what we do every week, right? I bring you on as a guest speaker. Yeah. Um, I don't know which one I'm going to call this episode yet. So we're gonna see. It's a bit of a surprise for when for when we start. Maybe I'll just do one long title and it'll be called both. Like it'll be course yeah. code slash what it's about. But anyway, guys. I want to get into a bit of a bro talk segment with Mina because we've been having some technical difficulties on Instagram. And if anybody's ever had this before, please tell us how to fix this. My messages to Mina are disappearing, which means I feel like our friendship is starting to dwindle because we're not having our same regular frequent conversations. Why. It's devastating. So, yeah. I, so I, I relish the opportunity to have bro talk with you, even if it's just for 10 minutes to kick off our show. So I have to tell you about how I'm taking care of my shiny bald head. All right. I need your professional opinion on something. Oh, I didn't see those messages. And if you sent them to I me did. on Instagram, that's probably why I, I did. I sent lots of things. So I'm just going to bring up all the things that I've sent you on Instagram that, <laughs> that you haven't responded to. So just <laughs> and you're just going to get a live reaction to all the memes. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I think it is just before we move on? Tell me. Um, you and I talk on Instagram more than I do with any of my other friends on Instagram. Yeah, and me I think too. that even the chat is just overflowing. That makes sense. We probably have like, and I'm not exaggerating here and I'm a, I'm, I'm one for the dramatics, 200 trillion terabytes worth of memes that we've sent yeah. each other throughout the, the, the we actually have a friendship. dedicated server. Yeah. <laughs> California. We do. Um, <laughs> just for, we have, we send each other all sorts of stuff. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, dude. What I wanted to ask you about was this. I am in the market for a hat. Okay. And uh, they seem silly, but when I go to a pool, <laughs> I'm taking very good bro. care. When I'm, I'm taking very good care of my head. Okay, I'm putting on sunscreen. I'm making sure I'm not going to walk around like yeah. Dana White, right? I'm not going to have like a nice pink head. I want to make sure that I'm getting 
nice color, but I don't know. It's exhausting, man. Like people don't know this because most people aren't bald, but bro, the top of your head, like right around here, there's a, like where your soft spot would be, bro. The, that thing sees sunlight and it's, you start to drain oh, so fast. It's so draining. So yeah. I've been in the market for a hat. All right. Now I don't want to throw shade at people who wear these types of hats. For the longest time, I've been wholeheartedly against this. Is, I just think was that, that pun so intended? What? It wasn't. Throwing shade at people in the sun. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, inadvertent pun. Love it. <laughs> Didn't even do it on purpose. Um, you know, See, you know, catching that, what you're dropping, man. That's what makes this makes us a great podcast. That's exactly it, bro. What a duo we are. You know, bucket hats. Yeah. Can we agree? No, fan. no I'm I'm not really a fan no either. Fan. I, and I know a large chunk of our listenership probably has, owns, and wears frequently bucket hats. They're just not for me, man. Like, I just, I yeah. never really considered myself one to wear bucket hats because I, I don't really wear hats in public. I've never been the type to wear hats, right? And you're not a fisherman. And I'm not a fisherman, right? So, <laughs> That's like fishing, then why would I wear? But, yeah. So, I was like, okay, should I get a, I don't know if I should get a bucket hat because who cares? Like, why would me in a bucket hat, given my position on them, I don't know if I feel comfortable with it. <laughs> But at a pool party this very week, earlier this week, close family friend of the show and of the, the, the family, the conjunction of families with Leah, I was loaned a bucket hat. And it was one of the sweetest things anyone's ever done. I was going to bring that up. And she I was going to call one. you out because I saw that picture. And yeah. I was like, Nathan, but you know what? It I've was, was tie dye. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was it was perfect because the thing is with bucket hats, all right, is if you're going swimming and it gets wet, that's not a problem, right? Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not going to wreck. The right. whole thing is just cloth, right? You could wash it when you get home. It's not like it's going to affect anything, especially if it's a, in a saltwater pool, which that pool was, okay? So I'm like, hmm, strongly considering this for when I go to the pool, maybe I should get a bucket hat. That way my head's not always exposed, right? The alternative, I was going to get a nice, fresh crisp black fedora and i love them i just said fedora dude fedoras are so stylish yeah like you have to have a certain type to pull them off obviously can't wear a fedora with a hoodie right then you'll be a total douche but i wore at a different family party i was sitting in the backyard on some on that nice patio furniture so nice i was loaned to bucket hat by one of leah's brothers okay again one of the night somebody loans you a hat i never i've never realized this because i've never been one to accept loans of hats but it's so nice if somebody loans you a hat when you need it. It's genuinely one of the nicest things in the world. Now, I was wearing already a pretty nice outfit, all right? And I put on this right. black fedora, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> I am now talking, taking uh, it to the next level. Are we talking colorful shirt, open shirt with like... It was a bl- Hawaiian black of, like yeah. button-down shirt, but it was open with uh, with like a white tank yeah. underneath. The sleeves slightly rolled up to that's show the blue. That's what I'm imagining. And yeah. I had my nice gold watch on my my bracelets on the other dude. I look, it was such a, I looked so good. I'm not even like, not even to brag or anything. You want to watch for a pool party? No, no, no. This was just in the backyard. This was patio furniture day. Oh, uh, okay, okay, right? okay. So I was like, ah, my head's starting to cook. I can't keep this. So they gave me a fedora and I looked so good. And I love to make this stupid running joke and I will never not make it because it always is funny. I put it on straight, right? Just normally. And then I just tip it maybe maybe 30 degrees to the side <laughs> and then i go look i'm neil <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you remember neil would always wear them on the side like just two to the front and to the side that's how i like to wear yeah, them absolutely but so i'm asking you i've had people loan me bucket hats i've had people loan me fedoras 
if I'm going to invest my hard-earned money, let's say I have a budget of $30. I'm not spending more than 30 bucks on a hat. It's stupid. I'll just continue to loan them. That's ridiculous. Which one should I get? The multi-purpose fedora, which I could realistically wear in the pool, but I, you know, you wouldn't necessarily wear a fedora in the pool, right? No, like it's, not, it's, yeah, that's not a it's pool too hat. nice to go out. Or one simply for the pool, but how often am I out of pool, right? What would you, what would you do? What do you think? Have you thought of Native American headwear? I have not. We're in sensitive <laughs> times. We are in sensitive times. There's no circumstance. I'm gonna do this. And also, I'm no, not going to wear my, your mother joke. I'm not going to. I know. Else, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We thought of that For anyone else that, that's going to come at me. That's, that's yeah. That's I'm not exactly going to wear I'm not going to wear your mother joke. And, and people will say, oh, Nathan, well, why don't you just wear baseball caps? Like I have baseball caps. I don't want to wear baseball caps. I'm not that guy. Why not? That's not They're me. perfect for a pool. I know, but I'm just not that guy. That's not me. I want to, of the two styles that I have, full cloth bucket hat which sole purpose is that i can be in the pool with it can even get wet i can wear it no problem or but i would never wear that at a party like i'm not one to wear hats like that no, yeah. but at a party i'd wear a fedora i would totally wear because dude i pull it but right off surely you can find both for less than 15 dollars each surely you can do that you think so i th- i think so i don't right? i don't like, know where are you getting your hats how much I, are hats? Honest to God, I have literally <laughs> no idea where to buy hats. I, I know that there's a store called Lids, but they sell almost, I think, I think exclusively like snapbacks and baseball hats and stuff like that. So I actually don't know where to, because I was wondering that. I went to the mall and I went, where, what's the hat store? Like, where's the hat store? Where can I get a hat? We went to the Bay. We went to like stores like that. And I could not for the life of me find a decent hat that I was like, yep, this is it. Yeah. Hmm. So I'll ask um, through it too. Tell me. We'll wrap on this. I would maybe. I would honestly. I'd go with the fedora. Mm. Because you're not always at a pool. That's true. And if if there if there are people that are nice enough to loan you a bucket hat. And it's not like you're taking it for granted, but I'm definitely I taking it for that. granted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I definitely am. Like, I don't <laughs> want people are coming to the, they've brought their own stuff to the party. And now I am going to take from them because I need it more. And then what? What's the excuse? Well, you have hair. So what do you actually yeah. need a bucket hat for? Mm. Wait, does Leah have an extra bucket hat at home? That's the, that's the question. See, this pushes the question how comfortable I am wearing a bright pink bucket hat, which I think right. is out of the question, right? If it was going to be, it'd be like, enough. you know, of a solid color, maybe a, maybe a, you know, the, the, the tie dye one that I wore there at the pool or, or a black one, like, you know, doesn't have to be a whole, maybe even a white one, solid mm-hmm. colors, mostly not bright pink. Is that No, fair? yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah, that's very fair. Cool fedora it is i'll look into it the other thing this was the other thing that i had sent you on instagram that i want to talk about before we get into today's episode it's on the note of superheroes all right okay i'm watching seeing that you were just watching yeah. a lot of superhero movies and i'm very excited uh, i'm very excited for what's to come in the marvel universe in the dc universe but i was left with the question you know how sometimes they'll build up like a hero or a villain to be so op and then we see a fight with them and we're like, but that like, I think I know where this is going. That doesn't add up <laughs> to what, to what happened. No, it, it doesn't. It's not what you think it is. I'll, we can circle back. to Okay. That. Okay. Okay. 
I was recently watching The Wolverine. Okay? Okay. And by the way, Hugh Jackman, one of the best casting things ever, right? What a, what a believable Wolverine. He was awesome at it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Is there a scenario where Wolverine could take Thanos? <laughs> See? Without the gauntlet. Um, without the gauntlet. Well, it would have to be without the gauntlet. Like, obviously, but with the gauntlet, then it's just too okay. Just because you watch MMA religiously. It'd be an MMA fight. <laughs> Thanos completely outboxed That's true. Uh, the Hulk. That's true. And the Hulk is much, much bigger than, than uh, Wolverine. That's, the problem yeah, that's is, also fair. Or what, not the problem, but the, the benefit of being Wolverine, another advantage that he brings, is that he regenerates like right like he that's what i'm saying he regenerates and, and his made skull is made of the hardest metal in the in yeah. the universe right so i'm like so he'd, more, he'd be more durable he'd, right like the fight would last longer and i often say that toughness is not a strategy in mma right like and people right. could people sometimes argue oh well why he was doing so well he didn't go out okay just because the guy didn't die doesn't mean he was effectively fighting so maybe wolverine just gets the fucking shit beat out of him to the point of thanos gassing himself out and then he's like, my turn. Shing! But there's Mm-mm-mm. there's a massive, like, there's a massive height and, and like, reach disadvantage for Wolverine. But it's like if the big show were to fight Rey Mysterio, right? Like, we've seen that before. Yeah. Right? And, and it it's depends like, who's the heel and who's the face. <laughs> That's usually what it comes yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> comes yeah. down to booking. Um, what does Vince McMahon Thanos want? is much, much bigger. I understand that. He's I six, think seven. Wolverine can get closer without Thanos having enough time to react. Because he's much bigger and much taller. I think Wolverine can just, you know... Is there a scenario where Wolverine can just... Slash him with a little bit. Yeah, where Wolverine can just stab him. Because I think so, right? Like, Like, I don't think Thanos is just going to hold him back like that. I don't think think he's going to do that. Because I think he's too too much taller than Wolverine. How how tall is Wolverine? Is he like 6'1", 6'2"? Well, in the comics, he's five two and four hundred pounds. But in huge no actions, yeah. But I don't know, dude. That's just what it is. But he's a little cute as Wolverine. Yeah, he just. Well, that was the whole point. He's like he's short and stocky, but he's like a Wolverine, he's right? So he's literally off. like a Wolverine. It's just that angry because he's super dense, like super dense, and no, he's so really, angry really short. because he's so short. But Hugh yeah. Jackman was at least six two, right? That's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> Now we know why he's so angry. Yeah. Just a little short Canadian <laughs> with extreme anger issues. Wearing yellow all the time, even though he's so angry. Just wants to wear black. Like, fuck this. I'm so mad. Anyway. Like, I'm not even going to shave anymore. <laughs> Just mutton chops. Like, Just Hi, little chop. boy. Where yeah. are your parents? <laughs> Trying to pick him up. He's forward. Like, can't lift him. Hey, man. Hilarious. Maybe the denseness of him will be too That's much. Hilarious. That's shorter than Daria. Shout out, Daria. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> the most OP superheroes ever looking up to Daria? <laughs> Literally this big. <laughs> That's, That's so funny. It may be in the comic books, not possible, but I think Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. He just convinced me, right? Like everything that he does, you know, he had his regenerating powers stolen from him in the Wolverine and kept getting shot right. in the chest with shotguns. I was like, oh, like just grunting through it. I'm like, wow. I hope that one day if I were to ever get shot, I could just grunt through it. <laughs> and then just be okay. Like, wow, what a power that is. Grunt your way to the hospital. Yeah. Pissed off, yeah. obviously, about everything. Anyway, what a no, I feel silly like conversation. I feel like it's very reactive. Yeah. Like the recency bias is, is a little bit high at the moment. That's fair. I would have to I would have to see it like simmed. Yeah. 
That's fair. But if I had to put my money on someone, you know what? Just to make it interesting, I'll go with Wolverine as well. Because if the it's like to me, the agility thing, like he's he can mm. get in and out really quickly and just slash him here and there, wear him down. I see it. Just think if he's got the claws, you just cut him, yeah. right? Anyway, I don't know how dense Thanos' skin is, but I gotta think that it's I mean penetrable. Iron Man cut him. So Yeah. And that was just with what, iron. No, the, the gold took a hell of a lot of took a hell of a lot of effort though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. All right, guys. On to the footy of it all. That was just me and I catching up. Don't mind that. You can skip the first 20 minutes. No, <laughs> Today, we talk about TJW 101 putting on a great podcast. Introduction to somethingology. Blowing up Lille. Now, you guys don't remember. Lille recently came off their big uh, Ligue 1 win. And PSG made sure that's never going to happen again by going out and just buying all of the players and Everyone. all the free agents and making sure that they'll never lose a game again. So, that being said... What is going on with this talent factory that we call Lille? Well, they have like seven players who I think, and we looked, we, we spoke about this when we spoke about um, teams the streets will never forget. We said this team would be one of those yeah. teams somewhere down the line, uh, just like the Monaco team of years past was, right? Now, I don't, know, I don't know if these players have the same type potential. Maybe you think that they have more. Maybe you think they have less. I'm excited to, to see what you think. Because Mina and I don't know you know, where we've kind of placed these players. But just to provide context, what we've done is I've taken the names of some players. I'm just going to read them out to you in no particular order. Angel Gomes, Timothy Weah, uh, Jonathan Nicone, Jonathan Baba, Jonathan David, Renato Sanchez, Sven Botman, and Ubakari Samari, who was going to be part of this, but he already left to Leicester. So uh, we'll give him that shout. He already got his move. Great signing. Great signing. Um, of these players, what we've done is we've kind of put them into a list. That again, I'm tentative to use the word ranking. You know, we hate the word ranking here. It's already a show with that. We put them into a list that we happen to, f- to put in order based on how I think their level of star potential and, um, a- and, and global superstarness uh, will reach, right? So, what, do I th- how, what levels, what heights do I think they, you can, mean they could hit? Superstardom. <laughs> yeah, superstardom, exactly. Now, Mina, why can I not be articulate today? You know why. I told you why before we started recording. See, you do this all the time. Whenever uh, it's because you ate a lot, and then you went to the washroom. <laughs> no, it's because the adjusted sleep schedule. Ah, uh, see, whenever you throw to me, it's never. I, know. There. I can never throw to Mina ever. It's always ever. vague. It's always so vague. It's always so vague, and I think it's that, like, oh, I told you before we started. We had a full-on conversation. Yeah, we did before we started recording. Guys, I'm on an adjusted sleep schedule, so I apologize if uh, I become inarticulate at some points. It's because yeah, I've been staying up till really really early in the morning you will be forgiven so anyway forgive me for that let's move on to things what i want to do is i want to start with two players who i've admitted maybe we can't begin the projection just yet maybe we need to see a little bit more from these guys before we can pick right. what their next club is and what their next move is okay mm-hmm. and those two players for me are timothy wea and angel Gomes. all right i agree with both of them i have another one um that you might find a little bit more controversial, but I, I just, yeah, tell, I'm waiting you, on that one. Yeah, tell, okay, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. But tell me a little bit about, yep. talk to me about Timothy Wea and Angel Gomes, because Angel Gomes is your boy, right? Came out of the academy. Yeah, he did. Um, so Angel Gomes, I was very excited about him when he joined, or when he when he made his debut. And do you remember that? Do you remember I how remember. excited I was? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he, for those who don't know, is a very short, agile, um, creative player 
advanced mainly playmaker in, type. Mainly, yeah, mainly in the mid midfield or, or like the the cam if we're talking FIFA yeah. roles. Number ten uh, can even play on the wing, like can do a job on the wing if he's going to cut inside. But he's going to be um, he's always going to be cutting inside. He's not going to go down the line and, and try to cross the ball. Also, fun fact for you, he's Nani's cousin. So remember really? Nani? Yeah, yeah, Portuguese Nani. Yeah, so he's no he's his cousin. That's cool. So he's got football blood. Yeah. Um, he didn't extend his contract, went to Lille, and then spent the season at Boa Vista in Portugal. Yeah. Um, and did pretty where well. Where he blew it up. Yeah, yeah did, did really well. well. Like all things and considered, age and stuff. Age and yeah. the fact that he was just there. Now, you might argue that he's already too talented to be playing in Liga Noche. I would argue that probably pretty strongly. But that's why I think that we need to see more from him, right? Because now he's going to be playing in what many revere is the worst of Europe's top five leagues, but it gives him a chance to get more games under his feet playing in a, ch- a Champions League side, right? Lille will be playing in the Champions yeah. League next season. And I don't know how many minutes he's going to get this season. Probably get more if uh, the way we blow up the team happens this season, but it, <laughs> it definitely won't. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really know what his potential is yet, which is why I'm too hesitant to pick his club. It's very unknown, yeah. Yeah, and and he just joined Lille, right? So it's unlikely that he's going to be moving on anytime soon unless he has like a stellar season this season and then next season maybe we can do – next summer we can do, a, a you know, an updated uh, potential ranking, right? Uh, the other one yeah. is, is Timothy Weah, right? I could say right off the bat, even though he's a young player, I mean – he's not going to reach his dad's potential, right? Like, we agree no, on 100%. that? No, 100%. Like, Timothy, this is not like, going to be a Ballon d'Or winner. No. Or a Liberia president, maybe. Maybe he does end up being <laughs> the president well, of he's Liberia, American. but we'll see. Oh, that's true. He's that's from true. the U.S. Yeah, he's yeah. American. Um, what he's I like about him... the second black man in office. <laughs> 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 well, could you imagine? Yeah, well, back in my days, playing in France, you know, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I like him a lot, and... You guys will know because I've spoken about this at length on the on the show before. Um, I have a pretty awesome career mode with Lille. <laughs> and he yep. is the most OP super sub that there's ever been. So if, the, if we're translating that to real life, then I want him to stay in the Grealish role for England. Keep him as the super right. sub coming off the bench until he becomes prolific enough uh, that he earns his place in the 11. But that'll be only once probably Jonathan David moves on or, you know, Barack Yilmaz, who's on his last legs anyway. But... At the, he's 35. You're not going to bring in a 20-year-old to replace a 35-year-old, right? They need some amount of, of veteran leadership up there. That's part of the reason why they won the league this year, right? So uh, Wei is another one who I want to see more from this season. I don't know how the, the heights that he can hit in league arm because he's been okay coming off the bench, but he's only had, I think, like seven starts. He's made appearances right. off the bench, but not a whole lot. Um, I think because he's American, no matter what heights he hits, it'll be inevitable that he plays in the MLS. And I think if he's starting to like, if he doesn't reach groundbreaking or even like um, prolific, is not even the right word. Just any sort of heights. By the time he's twenty-five, I see him just going moving over to MLS. I would agree with that. Um, I actually, I would say I'd, I'd keep him for a while. Let him. Me let too. Hundred yeah. percent. Same, same as you. Yeah. Um, I do see the MLS route, and I'm not sure how prolific he can be. I'm not sure how good he can he can become um but i do think that if he's in europe then he's he's too good for the mls right now i think if he yeah, goes to the sure. mls you see you yeah, see a, an alfonso davies at vancouver thing yeah 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 right no, he'll just tear so it. i think carlos vela 100 yeah, like, yeah be way 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 too 100 i agree yeah um i, th- I actually so I, w- I would wait on him for about until like you said 
for to 25. And um, I wouldn't move. Honestly, if I'm him, I wouldn't move. I'd stay at Lille for that entire time, uh, get some minutes. People will move like Jonathan David, like you mentioned. They will move, right? Angel Gomez might even move uh, before he does, uh, just because he's had, you know, he's played first team minutes in, in Man United and he's played first team minutes in Boa Vista. So even he has a little bit more games under his belt. So right. I would just stay at Lille for the next four or five years. And then if it doesn't work out, then then go to go to the MLS. But in the dream scenario, it, like let's say he does actually end up going, you know, becoming the, the player that Lille think he's going to be and, and become a starter and, and do great things. I actually would see going to Dortmund because they already have, honestly, they, they've already got an American player. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. It's a great system for, for someone like him. I wrote in my notes about him. I foresee success in the Bundesliga. Like I, I think yeah. that his his player profile type, which is like kind of running off the shoulder, and it's he's still developing his game, but it's of that speedy forward who likes to play inside but off the shoulder right. of the defender. I think that's very Bundesliga. That's very Timo Werner, even. And um, that's very true. Even in a few years, if that's all that he ends up doing, maybe he's not a great finisher, or he just becomes an okay player. I still think he can make a, a successful career in the Bundesliga. Uh, and I, I think hope that he, he can does. go to Bayer Leverkusen, maybe when they sell Leon Bailey or someone like there's mm. a, there's a lot of room in the Bundesliga for yeah. him to to kind of create his own puff if he is to become that player. And maybe maybe it, it's going to need some guts from him to you know, say, you know what, I'm going to leave Lille. I'm going to go to the Bundesliga and try to get it over there. Maybe that's a that's an easier path for him than, than staying at Lille for four or five years. Yeah, he might be the the Rashford type where it's like as a center playing yeah. as a center forward, it just wasn't clinical enough. So he moved on to the wing where he can still use a lot of his is you know dynamism uh, out wide mm-hmm. and that's where he's been deployed a lot primarily off the left but he can play anywhere across the front three so I, I admire that about him and I want to see in the future where he ends up being and maybe we can predict that a little bit more but I still think when we look back on what this little team was we'll look back and be like oh man and he was there too like that's crazy you know what I mean yeah what about um, Angel Gomes because you said that you think he's a little bit too good for the the Liga Nos. Uh, yeah the thing is with him okay I have a very hard time picking or or foreseeing the future of an advanced playmaker who's very, very small, right? Because Mm. he is very, he's like 5'4", 5'5", right? And usually it's hard for players of that size to make Wolverine height. (laughs) Right, yeah, but far (laughs) less dense. Like maybe, you know, best case scenario, he he reaches like a Dries Mertens type level. Right, like that is right. absolute best, best, best that's case scenario. That's a great level, like, and that's, that's a very, very high yeah, level. That's, that's not what to be I mean. taken lightly. The thing is, how how many short players end up being Dries Mertens, and and I know that footy's not necessarily the game about size, but like even if you're five seven, like Messi, like you can still make a prolific career. But if you're like five five, five four, like it it becomes challenging to to make a, a strong impact on that thing. If for no other reason that your legs are really little, right? Like you yeah, can get bullied off it the takes ball. It's like a one mata. It takes like a one mata type of talent. Even he's, even like I think Bernardo he's like five eight, right? Like even these guys are still yeah. five eight, and which is still not considered giant, but at least it's average size. To be like five right. four is really really small, and I think when you are that, I think Dries Mertens is is that small, but he's a baller, right? I don't know whether you know he, he can move on to to graduate to that level of Dries Mertens, which would be like I said, best case scenario. I think that'd be fantastic for him. Or if he's just going to be one of those like extremely skilled but small players who can't make an impact in a Champions League level because he just doesn't have the size to to compete with some of the ever evolving giant talented equally skilled players, you know I think he'll struggle with that. But so that's why I kind of struggle to see his potential. I want to see 
him develop in France and say, okay, I'm playing against these guys and, you know, they're, they're far bigger than me. So athletically, I'm not really a match for them, but I can outskill them and then play out a ball quickly and, and spray it out wide from the 10 spot. I think that's a good spot for him. Um, and if he can get really, really good at set pieces, he'll make himself, he'll, he'll force himself into a starting position because every player will need, every team will need at some point, you know, a creative playmaker type who's a set piece specialist. And at that point, if you're, if you're taking the set pieces, you don't have to worry about open play as much. Um, yeah. That being said, I, I do need to see, and he did well in Liga Nosh, right? So like he definitely has the skill. I just don't know if he's a Champions League caliber player, even as at full potential. And if he is, great. I'm happy for him. If he isn't, no hard feelings, bro. Sebastian Jovenko was the atomic ant and tore up <laughs> uh, MLS. He's the greatest player MLS. MLS has ever seen. So, dude, come on. I over. think he's going to have a good career. I don't know how high he's going to get, but I think he, he's going to have a good career. When he was at United, I wanted, I kind of wanted him to get a loan to either Anderlecht or PSV or even mm-hmm. Ajax. Yeah. And I think that kind of style of play fits him really well. Yeah. But that's another great I do yeah. also foresee him going back to, to Portugal just to, or like Sporting Porto or Benfica just to play first team minutes. And, and those teams are always in European competition, regardless of right. playing in Liga Nosh or not. And if he's there, maybe he can earn a move to to a bigger club like I don't know, like somewhere in Spain, where right. they also kind of relish that that kind of silky type of player. Um, but I do think stay at Lille for a year or two, then go to uh, Asian Netherlands or Portugal for me. Yeah, and I would be happy to see that for him, and I hope that he's able to take his game to that next level. Right, uh, and that's all we have to say on those two players because now I want to get into all of the other players and there's five names on my list and I've put them in order and I'll go for them from them from five to one in order of, like I said, potential size of club and superstar status. So who do I think is going to make the biggest impact in Europe yep. over the next few seasons? Okay. Oh, by the Let's way, you it. said there was one more name on your list. Just let me know when I hit was. that name. Let me know when I hit that okay. name. Okay. Cause if I have them as really high up, then uh, I don't want to be caught out with that. Okay. Sound good. At number five, I have Jonathan Bamba. That's him. <laughs> that's that's it. That was your guy. That's him. Okay. Yeah. Tell me why. Tell me more. I just want him to. I just want him to stay. I think a lot of people from Monaco made the mistake of moving too quickly. And a lot Timo Bakayoko. Uh, yeah. And and I think he should just stay one more year, not make that same mistake, and then go to PSV. Honestly, like I think that would be perfect. PSV. Interesting. I don't know why. Okay. See, also, excuse the noise. I, I don't know why there's fireworks today, but there's... That's always... I, I can't hear reason. them on my yeah. end. I don't know if they'll be included okay. in the thing, awesome. but you know what? Celebrate celebrate good times. You're back on the jersey <laughs> wall, and that's all that matters. Fireworks for you. Um, Fantastic. I have him at five, and the reason I do is because I see him making the smallest impact across Europe because I, I, mm. I think he's approaching his full potential. He's, yeah. already, he's 25 now, okay? And he's got good output but not great output right i think this season he had he was involved in uh like 15 goals which is pretty good right it's not it's not terrible but it's not prolific it's not superstardom no yeah and the fact that he's 25 and he's not getting like let's say he was getting 10 goals 10 assists consistently per season at 23 24 25 26 then you could say okay maybe he deserves to to have the next step up but he hasn't he's had some good seasons some terrible seasons um, and the fact that he's 25, which isn't over the hurdle, don't get me wrong, but it's, you, it's starting to approach that mark where it doesn't seem like they're going to get better, right? There's very few players that yeah. start to improve as they enter their prime. 
and, and, you know, elevate their game to a whole new level. Usually they consistently progress. And then by the time they're in their 25, 26, 27, 28, they're at their best, right? They're at their best. Yeah. I don't see Bamba being that player. So I've lined up a few clubs with them. Okay. Cause he is a bona fide okay. starter and he, he's a league earned winner. So you still have to give him props for that, right? He's been, he was, even if he's not prolific in the sense that we'd consider it, he was one of Lille's most prolific players because he was involved in 15 of their goals, right? That's a big deal for them, right? Of course. So that's that very being said, right, where do I see him going? My number three option, I'm going to go three to one, is I have him staying with Lille for the same reasons you said. I think that, actually for different reasons you said, but I, I like the idea of him staying there. Um, I just think he could be one of their guys who's like, a staple of their franchise, right? He's the dude who's selling jerseys. He like becomes Jean-Marc the captain. Royce. Right. He becomes the leader right. of the team. He's the guy who's going to help introduce the new young players and make sure that they're good, but also still be a staple of this team, making sure that Lille don't fall off. Because now they've lost um, Christophe Galtier, right? And that's a big loss because his system was a big reason of why Lille, uh, Lille didn't win. Or excuse me, that Lille won the league. The thing is, now that Lille are going to be having a new manager, they're, they're going to be introduced to a change of system. Is that change of system going to be one that relishes free-flowing attacking football? If yes, I'm excited to see what Bamba does because this season, he was very much part of a team and that team, their objective was to not concede. That was Liz's premise. We are going to shut yeah. teams out and not, and not let them score. And it worked very well for them, right? They, they, won, the, they won the league that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if even playing in a system where they can be free-flowing and attacking, that he can be the dude to get like, you know, to be that prolific winger. I don't think he's going to get 20 goals a season. I don't think he's going to get 15 goals a season. I think he might get 10. I think he might get 10 assists. If he's getting double digits, good for him. But that is good enough for Lille. That doesn't necessarily merit him a big move. Okay. So what's your two other moves? And number two, I have him being a backup piece for Liverpool. I think this is a, a good type of winger who isn't prolific, isn't going to walk into the Liverpool first team, but is actually a very good depth piece for them to have. He's a quality player that they could introduce it when they need to rotate their 11. And Lord knows Liverpool need to rotate their 11, right? There's yeah. been news that Shaqiri... Especially with, with all the front three getting close to 30. Exactly. And Shakiri looks like he's going to be leaving. I read a thing this morning saying that he was interested in... in and moving on. And I think it's because he's either out of contract or he only has one year left on his deal. Um, and it's about time, quite frankly, that Liverpool kind of freshen up the squad a little bit. Like I said, I don't think he is yeah, a prolific player. I don't think he's going to come in and, and take out, you know, Sadio Mane's spot or even Diogo Jota's spot. I just think he's the type of guy that can play on either wings if you need, but predominantly off the left and can provide some much needed cover for this well overworked Liverpool front three. Right. Absolutely. And they're going to lose that front three within two to three years anyway. Um, right. I don't think all three of them stay for that long, especially with them getting close to 30. Um, if neither of them are already at 30, I, I'm not right. sure. But it, they they definitely do need the depth. That's why they signed Minamino. That that hasn't really worked. They went to Southampton exactly. on loan. And, right. and he's probably going to be back. And and again, for depth, he's a good depth option, I think. But I, I think, think Bamba's he's, he's more quality start. than uh, Minamino. I would agree but with that. Minamino probably has more potential, you know, so it, it balances up. Anyway. My number one option for him, if he had to move, what's the, the move that I could see him taking? West Ham. I really? see him being a dude who, much like when Felipe Anderson went to West Ham and then was very good, or even Dimitri Payet going to West Ham and being very, very good. Oh. West Ham will sometimes get these kind of like, or Yarmolenko, right? Where they'll go out and get 
something of a not so prolific winger, but is very good at their level and bring them to West Ham and say, okay, what are you going to do here? And they don't, sometimes they hit the ground running. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're okay. It's a hit or miss with them. Yeah. Right. I just see, I don't know if that's a step up for him. I'm sure he'd probably get paid more, but it, West Ham are not going to be winning the, the, the league, but I see him being a crucial, like first team, you know, for starting player for West Ham, if you were to make that move. And if in England he can, and it's often hard to adjust in England, but he's not under 23, right? It's not like he's like super young and inexperienced. He's now 25 and he's won titles, right? That's the type of guy that I think if he was introduced to a West Ham team and West Ham are like, West Ham signed everybody, right? (laughs) He could actually make somewhat of an impact there. Uh, And maybe it's just good enough to keep West Ham in that kind of conversation of keeping them in the upper half of 10, right? Where they're floating around the sevens, the eights, somewhere in there. And to be honest, that's good enough, right? I don't think Bamba has to be one of these dudes who's like prolifically the next big thing in the Premier League. No, he just comes in there and gets, you know, double digit, like double digit goal contributions, just like he did for Lille. And that'll be terrific for West Ham. I would actually go with a different team that plays in Claret and Blue and I go with Aston Villa. I just think West Ham See, I, th- are I, very I up looked and down. at that. They're I very, looked at that. Yeah. Villa only just if Villa sell Grealish, maybe. They signed Buendia. They signed Buendia, but Villa were just like in, in the lower tier, right? Like they only just yeah. came up. And I don't know if they're at West Ham are have been in the Premier League for a long time now. Right? Yeah, but they're very unstable. Like there's not they're stable in their own instability. Yeah, well, they're a mid-table team that sometimes gets seventh and sometimes gets thirteenth, right? Like they'll be in that range, right? Yeah, where yeah. sometimes they're great and sometimes they're not. Um, but I think Aston Villa are like—I don't know if I'm entirely convinced that they're going to be like staying in the Premier League for the long haul. And I think they definitely have the money. Yeah, but even then, I mean, I think if they sell Gre- if they keep Grealish, then I don't think they need Bamba. And if they sell Grealish, then. I think they're going to need Jesus to stay up. They're not, because, uh, but Bamba's not going to be the dude who keeps uh, who keeps them up. <laughs> you raise me yeah, up. Yeah, that's just my opinion on it. But I like the the shout of, of playing for Villa because I like the idea that Villa are trying to yeah. do the right things to make sure that they are a staple in the Premier League once again. And part of that is tying down Jack Grealish to a forever contract. To a deal. To stay yeah. there forever. Um, that's true. In number four... I have Jonathan Ikone. Okay. Okay. Do you want to tell me? Is this going to be a triple Jonathan? Uh, We'll get to it. Like, is this going to be a 5-4-3? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil the top three. Um, uh, Jonathan Ikone is 23 years old. All right. He's left-footed and he plays off the right. Okay. But he can also play through the middle. So he's very much, in my opinion, if we're looking for a a name that you might know, but not quite as good, think Riyad Mahrez, right? He's that kind yeah. of player, right? Where he's he's silky, he plays off the right, but he cuts in on his left a lot. He can play through the middle if you really need him to. Uh, actually, he's quite good there, and he's only 23. So if he can add that kind of versatility to his game, I think it's important. However, his output hasn't been great. Part of that might be because he's 23 and he's still kind of finding his feet. Not all players are, are born ballers, right? Sometimes you got to work your way up to it. And I think that Ikone can. I think his versatility and his ability to play, the left-footedness is awesome playing off the right or through the middle, I think could be a good feature for a few teams. Um, And because he's 23, I'm not that concerned that his output is low because I think once he starts to find his feet a little more and he gets to the age of 25, 26, he'll be a player who can be providing double digits, goals and assists. But in a way that 
lefties are a little bit more exciting, right? When they come right. in, because they open up the game a little more. Um, do you have anything to, to say on him before? Because I want to hear what, where you projected him to go, and then I'll give you my spots. With him, I actually predicted him to go in two separate clubs. And I kind of went with, if he's not really sure that um, his quality is going to be fit for the Premier League, mm. I would say go to Norwich because Norwich are going to be in Norwich anyway. Really? They're going to be relegated wow. anyway, right? Like, like this year in, in the Prem is going to be one more year in their yo-yo yeah, seasons yeah. and they'll just be in the championship next year. And I would say, just do that. You have very little pressure on you, even though it's going to be a relegation for scrap. Um, and usually there's a lot of pressure, but just go to Norwich. They just lost the to replace Buendia. That's why. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, it kind of fits perfectly. He can play on the right and he's left-footed and he, he can also drift in in the middle a little bit. But at the same time, I would say he would also, it's funny that you bring up Riyad Mahrez because my other club was Leicester. And I think yeah. at Leicester's system, you don't really have to be uh, productive. You have to be effective. And even yeah. if he's not producing double-digit goals uh, and assists, I would just say worst players at Leicester have done better. So I mm-hmm. think their system fits perfectly. And both teams are going to be playing. Wait, is Leicester getting? Did Leicester get European football? I think so. Uh, last season, they got Europa League again. Right. So, Leo's going to be in in the Champions League, and he he is going to play. I just don't know how far into the Champions League he's going to get, and if he's going to drop down into the Europa League anyway, you might as well just start with Leicester. But I kind of went with those clubs because I do f- actually think that he's a good fit for the Premier League. I just went with, in my mind, I think he's the right guy to replace Buendia. But at the same time, if you want a bigger challenge, I think Leicester is the right place for that. I I understand the argument. Um, I actually had Leicester as one of mine, but then I thought, eh, I don't think they need him. I don't think they need him just yet. Uh, it's not that I couldn't see him going there. It's that I don't think that they they would need to go out and get him, right? But I've picked some clubs that I think that would, right? In number three... Okay, let's hear it. Real Sociedad. Nice. Yeah. The reason is that... Listen, no one's ever going to replace David Silva. We know this. Man City knows this better than anybody. All right. That dude's a legend. Probably the got his jersey right here. One of my favorite players of all time. All right. And he has very, very tall boots to fill. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real Sociedad's kind of ascendance over the past few years has been Odegaard, then went to Madrid, and then who came oh, in Yasubal. to replace him was yeah, or Yasubal playing off the left, but in the in the middle of the park. It was left-footed cam in um in Odegaard right then replaced by the great David Silva who is not going to be there forever let's face it they are so much better when he's playing because David Silva is such an incredible player but he's not going to be playing forever so let's say this is David Silva's last season there at that kind of elite level Ikone is that kind of guy who is left-footed and opens the game up and can find those passes but still take people on with dribbles that I would relish to see playing at the 10 spot uh, for Sociedad. I think this move fits him really well. The reason I have him at three is because I I believe in Jonathan Ikone. I actually think he can reach higher levels than this. So I've put him at Sociedad as kind of, even if that's the next step in his career, I don't think that's the landing spot forever. Because I think even if, let's say he does move and he's really good there, he can then move on to to an even higher level or yeah. a same team, but in England, which brings me to number two. I have him playing for Everton. Okay. I could see him being this same exact player for Everton playing in the Premier League, but in a more, in a side that's trying to contend a little more. And I think at Leicester, he does, because Leicester has such a tight little 
compact squad. You don't think he's going to have minutes? I don't think he's going to play very much. Whereas I think at Everton, because they, much like West Ham, are looking to sign anybody that they can, and they tend to revitalize their squad big time every few years, I think that he's the type of guy that they can bring in and say, okay, we can give you the keys here for a few years. You have the, the right wing spot on lock. We can play you at the 10 if we need to because, you know, my boy Sigurdsson's in a little bit of trouble here. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, Gelfie is... Allegedly, Gelfie might be in some problems, guilty. some hot water. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to change his name to Guilty Sigurdsson. Um, but only when the verdict comes out. Um, the other thing is Hamas Rodriguez. Now that Ancelotti's gone, I don't yeah, know. what's the situation with him? I was going to ask you about that. I don't know. Like, I don't think he cares to play for Just Everton. I think he cares him. to play for, for Ancelotti. Yeah. So... Now that Ancelotti's back in Madrid, I don't know if he's like, fuck, just left I just left there. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And same thing with, with Alan, right? Like, dude, Ancelotti was building a good squad and these players wanted to play for him, not like, for Everton. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, Madrid came knocking. So peace out, guys. Yeah. But I think Ikone <laughs> is one of those dudes. It's not who, you, it's me. Right. <laughs> if we've seen him play in low output, but in a side that prioritizes defense, in a squad that Ancelotti assembled pretty well, he'd be playing with some pretty good players that if if Everton are to find a manager that can kind of harness that, I think he's the type of guy who would be able to play on the left, uh, on the right, through the middle, you know, off of Richarlison kind of if he needed to, still making an impact. But that type of Riyad Mahrez figure that I compared him to earlier, I don't know if he can ever get to the level that Riyad Mahrez was. Maybe that's a similar potential. And he can be like, okay, that that's my career goal. He's not going to be better than that. If he it's reaches that, say. let's see. The thing is, his output is lower, and he's not as as like skilled on the ball because Mars yeah. is such a good dribbler. Um, but I see him making that move. The last one, yeah, and the one that I see him fitting the most is at Napoli. Right. Okay. I think that he fits the profile of what Napoli do, which is rambunctious. Which is a little bit, which is four three three, which is fun, where he can play pretty much anywhere across the front line, really, if needed to. He could play off uh, Osimhen at uh, as a striker if he needed to. He could kind of be the replacement for Insigne. He could be the replacement for Mertens, who are you know aging. They're getting up there, um, and Napoli are a perennial Champions League club, but are not necessarily you know in the mix all the time to actually win the league, right? And they were up there under Sarri, right? I'm not going to erase their history of what they've done. But, you know, uh, Higuain was unbelievable brought, at his time there. They brought some, some great players. Right. Um, I just don't know. Napoli, right? I just don't know if they're going to be consistently challenging over the next five years for the Serie A. And if they're not, then Ikone, or even if they are, right? No matter what, I think Ikone move makes sense. I think at his full potential, he could be the type of player that is relishing playing for championships in the Serie A because the pace of the game really might like fit his move. style a little bit more and uh and the the, the sensibility of the team so i really plus, do like that move Osimi Just came from Lille, right yeah he did he did so big money move too a big money move big right money. so if they're if napoli are like yo let's go pick him off too I, it makes it makes a lot of sense to me um and i think that is type like a final destination club for ikone i don't think he has to be the type of guy who's playing for a massive club in england or anything i think he's just like no man I'm a consistent player for a, a perennial Champions League club in, in this area. And dude, that is absolutely fine. No, that's great. I mean, like we said, much better players have come out of Napoli. Right. So um, it's, it's a great club to be at. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think yep. if he end, does end up being in Napoli, that's, that's a very successful career. Yeah, exactly. Right, because he might, he might win the Italian Cup every now and then and play right. some good players. Yeah. 
is more than a lot of people can ask for. <laughs> exactly. Um, and like I said, I still have him at four, right? So it's not like I have him as like one of these groundbreaking stars, which yeah. as we cross the threshold into the top three, we start to get there. Now you're going to see some players linked with some bigger clubs. Um, and I think it's like, this is the, this is where we get a little bit more excited. Can um, I guess who you have at number three? Uh, okay. Is it, is it Sven Botman? Nope. Oh, really? I have Jonathan David. At number three. Okay. okay. He's on the wall, by the way. Absolutely. He is right here. This is the Lille jersey. I was actually going to wear this. Or just fought on the TJW wall. Yes, he has. Because he's a baller, dude. And I know I can't throw to you because you always mess it up. We're never on the same no, wavelength. He is Canadian. Exactly. See, that this one is I know. Canadian that one right I know. here. These boys <laughs> are from Canada. And I rate that. Um, Jonathan David, for those who don't know, is 21 years old. He's a complete center forward, right? He's, he had 13 goals uh, this season in, in Ligue 1, and they were, I think, six with his left foot and seven with his right foot, right? Like, he can play yeah. on either side. You can't force him onto one side or another because he'll be comfortable with both. He didn't have a great first season at Lille coming from Belgium, but he was outstanding in Belgium. And as he kind of learns the ropes from Barak Yilmaz, I think over the next few years, he can be an important player of a very good club. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's if he will be a global superstar, but I think he will be a, a he's steadily improving, and I think he will be like I said, a good player at a good club, and that's why I have him at three. What are those clubs? You might ask. I will tell you mine. But after Mina tells me his, okay, I think you're gonna like this one. Um, who used to be your number one signing uh, in FIFA career mode all Mem the time? Memphis Depay. I have him replacing him at Lyon. I have I him replacing him be, at Lyon as well. That's yes, exactly what I have. Go. Number three, I They've have him. They've lost Moussa Dembele. They've lost Memphis. I think that is a perfect, perfect... I couldn't agree more. Him. I literally couldn't agree more. That's exactly... That is Thank exactly where I have him at number three. Yeah. I still have two okay. clubs that I think... Oh, I you still have two other clubs? That. Yeah, I have two other clubs above him. Mm -hmm. I think Lyon is a perfect fit for exactly that reason. He's the perfect replacement for Memphis. It's a step up, even though they uh, Lille won the league this year and Lyon didn't. Lyon are more notoriously a bigger, a bigger club. club in France. Yeah. So it'd be a step up for him to move there and to replace the captain and similar player in Memphis uh, where he can be playing through the middle as a center forward or as a striker. I think he still has um, some things to improve in his game. But if we look at what Memphis Depay came to Lyon as versus what he left as, it was an entirely different player. At a player that earned his move Very to true. Barca off of a terrible stint at United, right? Jonathan David is coming off of a terrific stint with Lyon that could elevate his game further yeah. playing at, yeah, excuse me, with Lille playing at, uh, at Lyon. So I'm very excited to see the potential of that move. But let's say he's, let's say he's like, nah, man, I'm not going to move in France. I don't want to move laterally or even up in this league. I'm going to move on. I want to go somewhere else. Cool. How about this shout? I want to see Jonathan David at Dortmund. Right. Okay, I think I it, it. it makes sense for him. It's still a step up. It. But it, do you then? Sorry, I'm going to interject here. Tell me. Do you wait a year until until Holland leaves? Yes. Or do you go now? Okay. No, at, like when Holland leaves, I think he could be. And listen, he's not as prolific a goal scorer as Holland is, right? We know this, because um, Holland's the same age and and destroying the world. The thing is, <laughs> at one point, Real Sociedad. Uh, when Alexander Isak moved from Dortmund to Real Sociedad, they had a buyback clause in there. Then they're like, hey, we don't want that in there. So they had they told Isak, cool, you're going to sign a new contract. contract. And he did. 
I still think Coming they're going to sell very him. very hot Euros. But he's not going to be moving back to Dortmund, which would have been the perfect move that I'm sure Dortmund wanted yeah. when they sold Holland. So when they do, they just, they're signing Daniel Malin to replace, uh, to replace Sancho. Sancho. But I think David could be a really good 22, 23-year-old who they sign, who they keep until he's 25, 26, and then move on to, to a bigger club, at which point he could arrive at my number one club, which has been linked with him since he was in Belgium. Ready? This is Man City. Arsenal. Ah. I okay. think he is a very, like he could be Lacazette for them, right? Where but Much better. Well, the thing is, Lacazette is when they signed him, Lacazette was a fantastic player. He was and then great. Overnight, he, was great. he lost his pace, which was a huge part of his game. So he had to completely reinvent himself as a player. I don't think that David is notorious for his speed, really, is what I'd say. Like, he's quick, but he's not lightning bolt fast. He's not a speed merchant. Yeah. No, exactly. And so if he's playing off the shoulder or drifting in, that's why I have him as a complete center forward. I think it's very similar to what Lacazette does now. Except Lacazette okay. now is is just older. Like he's kind of lost the the spark and the that kind of like right. burst of uh, of energy. That I mean, you playing need. for Arsenal will do that too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It just <laughs> mentally, he just can't keep up with that club anymore. Um, but I think I have a cool like career path for for David here, where if he ends up being 25, 26, 27 years old, now having had successful stints as a champion in France, then being a prolific learning his game at a consistent Champions League level, playing with elite young players in Germany, then coming in into his prime as a 26-year-old going to Arsenal, I think that he could be the dude who, like, plays as Arsenal's nine for, like, a long time. Like, you know, a good, maybe not 10 years, but a good, you know, the, the remainder of his career. Because I, I don't know where Arsenal will be at that point. That's still a couple years down the line. But I think there will never be a bad time for David to move there because he could play. If they want to play with two strikers, he can play that. If they want to play with just one as the focal point, he can play that. If they want to play him as the most uh, playing um, off the shoulder of the defender, he can do that. If they want to play as a center forward where he's kind of spewing out the balls, I think he can do that too. I think there's a lot that Jonathan David's going to add to his game. And maybe it's the Canadian bias in me, but I see him being a very good player for a very good team. And at which point I have Arsenal as a good team. And why? Because... In the coming weeks, we're going to rebuild them. And I'm going to tell you how to make them a good team. Uh, is number one, let uh, the guy from Spotify buy them out? <laughs> oh, is that, that, is be, that the number one move? That would Well, that would be something. That's, that's but, the uh, biggest transfer that they can make. Yeah, right? sell the club and then uh, then they can... But I, <laughs> and then start all over again. I don't think David will ever be like a player who costs like 80 mil. I think he'd be like a 60 mil player. And then at which point that's sensible transfer for most big clubs to be making. Yeah. All right. Um, can I move on to number two? Yeah, absolutely. Number two, I have Sven Botman. Okay. Okay. This is and very interesting. I have him above Jonathan David because I could actually see him being one of the elite defenders in world Center football. In the world. Yeah. I really do. He's 21 years old. He's physically very strong. He's, he's very tall and he's left footed. Okay. Now, some people have been critical of when I put in, because I put in Benoit Badiashil in quite a few rebuild teams. All right. And some people have asked me, why do you put in Botman? Like Botman is a similar profile player. How come you don't put him in? Here's why. Sven Botman plays in a defensive system next to a captain where the opportunity to score is, is vastly reduced. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know how well he can handle being exposed. Okay. And that's kind right. of, that's kind of what makes me hesitant about putting, pitching him right away into a major rebuild. Okay. Whereas Badia Shield plays for Monaco, which are far worse of a defensive side. So he's exposed a lot more and they concede, they obviously concede more, but he has similar stats, but with far two Bobman, but with far more chances against him, which tells me that he is yeah, getting a lot more, more experience in that, in those chances. So I prefer that. Yeah. Uh, Bobman plays next to a real captain in font. And I think that, It'll either go two ways for him, and, I, and I'm okay with either, where he will inherit that leadership or that he will be, always be a player who needs that captaincy uh, next to him. I'm okay with either, okay? Because if he has to... It's, there's nothing wrong with not being the born captain leader, right? I think he has a lot of the like attributes that you'd want in a center back, and if you can have a captain playing next to him, then you'll have a very successful time with him. Um, Especially with how wanted left-footed centre-backs are right now. Exactly, and how few there are. And the fact that he's strong and he could play in a back three or a back two. Um, I just want to see... I don't know how he'll handle the expo like being exposed in some massive uh, setups, which might sound contradictory to where I have him as my number one destination for him right now. Um, and I'll get, to, I'll get to number one. But I just know the reason I have him at number two is because the way that I see his career going, I see him being as like... When we look at him in a few years, he's going to be a staple in a very, very good team. And we'll be like, well, Nathan called it way back yeah. in those days. Um, <laughs> before I do, do you, want, do you want to tell me where you have him going? I think um, you, you mentioned you. that's why you don't really put him in, in big uh, rebuilds. I will in our Tottenham rebuild because I think he should go to Spurs. Do you have That's him my number one destination for him. That's Fantastic. my, my number one destination. My Fantastic. number one destination. I for think him. he he would be great. I don't know why. I think he's perfect because he's the older replacement. Yeah, yeah, that's he, exactly it. He just reminds me of Toby Alderweireld. He's totally totally. Uh, he, he I just don't know if his long passing is the same as Toby, but in terms of no, defense, that, you can you can learn that. You can right, well, like even if you can't like, like you don't need to be that that dude. You just have to be a good no. defender, right? That's what Tottenham need yeah, right now. Like, and and Leo don't really play that way anyway. So right. it's it's not like it's not like he's he's had the the chance or the need to learn that skill. But you can learn that skill, and especially in the prem. Um, he will be a little bit more exposed because Spurs will attack more uh, now that Mourinho is no longer at Spurs. Well, even with I know that Nuno Espirito Santo is going to be there, but they will. And attack he takes more a predominantly than... defensive system. It's just that I yeah. think that that's why he will relish the opportunity to play there. That's why I have my number one. But damn it, that Absolutely. skips my other two because I wanted to build up <laughs> well, to why Spurs would be perfect. That, but I do think uh, now with Nuno that they play a back three. I think that also gives them a little bit more time to be bred into the Premier League yep. without being, you know, hot seat straight away, center by partnership and a back four. I agree. Um, now, can I tell you the other two that I was going to have? Oh, they were Please perfect. tell me the other two worst clubs that you've chosen for this. <laughs> yeah. In number three, which is where I see his inevitable destination, but that he just isn't ready for right now, is Chelsea. I think he's a okay. perfect player type for what Thomas Tuchel will eventually need. He's a tall, strong, left-footed if center back who can play in a back there. three. Right, yeah. Well, we don't know, but he'll always be the. But Chelsea are a perennial contender for massive. Uh, Chelsea usually keep the same spine and just like rotate managers. So right. even if if Tuchel's no longer there, so someone's going to be there. Right, and because Chelsea are that major club, that's kind of why I see him as a major star. So if he's, let's say, a couple years down the line, Chelsea's best center back, well, that makes him a superstar in my opinion, right? Because yeah. then it's like, no, this is the dude who's the reason or a very big part of the reason why Chelsea are consistently, if not winning, at least very strongly challenging for Premier Leagues, Champions Leagues, mm -hmm. and whatever other tournaments they're in. 
Um, I only have him at three because I just don't think he's ready to make that move yet. I think he needs to to be moving a little bit before yeah. then. And number two, I think it's a I think it's a it's a it's a very big move for him at the right. moment. And I I do agree with you. I think he should stay a little bit in in the lower levels. So I'm excited to hear about your number two. And number two, I have this is the most sensible step up in my opinion, which will get him ready for the Premier League. But this will like right away, I think, work for him. I think he should go to Roma. Because I think under Mourinho, okay. in the Mourinho system, this is the type of player that Mourinho would absolutely love would, to have. That would be amazing. Right? Yeah. It would be fantastic for Mourinho, and it would be great for him to learn from. And say what you will about Mourinho. Mourinho is a perennial winner, right? A serial winner. Absolutely. Who, who takes his teams through hell There's or no high water, that. brings them to, to a level of contention, where I think if he learns that kind of winning pedigree, from a manager who built his name off a defensive system. He'll be ready for the Premier League. I think it's perfect for him. And then when he moves to yeah. the Premier League, so maybe he can move to Spurs right now and be part of a rebuild, or he can move to Roma and then to Chelsea. And that would be, I mean, bro, that's probably exactly who Mourinho wants to. Right? Like, <laughs> those are his boys, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that that makes, that makes the most sense for him over the trajectory of his career. Right. But you would you would make a move to Spurs if you could uh, right now, yes. right? Like that's your number one choice. That's in the rebuild when we do our Tottenham okay. rebuild. I'm so excited for the Tottenham rebuild. So we already have a player in common. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait. Um, at number one, there's a little yeah. bias, but you guys know who's the elephant in the room. Who's the one who we've left out here? Renato Sanchez. Renato Let's Sanchez, go. my boy. I've got I knew he, I knew he'd be my boy. One. Yeah, um, I just think that he has the. After seeing what he did at the Euros, and Portugal weren't great at the Euros, but he was. No. He was he Portugal's was most, best player. Yeah. I know Ronaldo scored five, but Renato Sanchez was Portugal's best player at the Euros, in my opinion. Um, now, the thing is for Lille, maybe this season he becomes more of a starter because last season, as great as he was, he was being very smartly, I might add, re slowly reintroduced into this team, okay, where mm -hmm. he was starting to find his feet again. I think he's found it. And I think now this season, he will be a staple in the 11 at right mid, at, in, in yeah. center, at center mid, wherever it is that they play him. But a little about Renato, box to box, um, the Energizer Bunny, super physical, already linked with big teams because of how fantastic Incredible his role was. Yeah. yeah, the stamina, the work, the, the, you know, the worksmanship, the aggressive, choppy style dribbling that he has is fantastic. Um, I, I love everything about Renato Sanchez. He's one of my favorite players. Now, I of the three clubs that I could see him going to or that I want him to go to, like for the sake of his career, all of them are elite clubs, which is why I have him at number one, because he I see the only place for him to go is up. I don't see him making lateral moves anywhere. I see him okay. going uh, to and to be honest, I, I have a list of three, but that could be way more. So I want to hear yours before I give you my top three. Um, because even if it's not this season, he's 23 years old, which means at the end of the next season, he'll be 24, he'll be 25. He'll be starting to enter his real prime for a move. where we yeah. know who he is. And at that point, he will be a staple in one of these, in one of these 11s of these elite clubs in Europe. So who do you have Renato Sanchez going to? I have two clubs, one that I really don't like, and I hope he doesn't go. Yeah. And I think you already know what I'm I know exactly about. which club that is. And another one. <laughs> yeah. And, and another one that, that I really would like to see him. Um, at, but they have their own problems, Dumb. which might also give you another hint. So Dumb. the first one is Liverpool. Yep. Uh, they just lost Ginny Wijnaldum. I think that he would be the perfect replacement for that. And same kind of thing, very like well, very effective. A lot of energy brought to the brought to the eleven. 
and can go box to box. And that's exactly what Klopp would write, would like, right? Yeah. Like, I think it's time to acknowledge that Naby Keita hasn't worked out at, at Liverpool. Yeah. And they just lost Genie Wijnaldum. I think this guy comes in, starts straight away. I think I think a midfield of him, Fabinho, and Jordan Henderson would be great for Liverpool. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I personally think that Liverpool's number one pick has to be uh, Marcos Llorente. I've said that before. I'll continue to say yeah. that. I have him at number two for um, for Liverpool because I think it's realistic that he goes there. Um, but I think there's a club that he should be going ahead of ahead of them only because I see him being the perfect replacement for somebody at one club, and I see him being a backup replacement, but a good option that Liverpool should be looking towards. Um, so I won't give away my first pick because I want to give you my my three after, but you did pick my two, my, my number two pick. Um, I would just be so devastated if he went to Liverpool, though. Me too. And and the thing is, like, I know Jordan Henderson's the captain and he's he's going to keep his place in the 11, but I think it would be so much fun for Liverpool to have a midfield three of Thiago once he finds his form. Renato Sanchez oh, and Fabinho, that three would be unbelievable. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. But they need their captain, and I and I concede that because I know that Henderson is is extremely important to to the grit of the side. So obviously, Renato Sanchez coming in isn't going to replace their captain. But if Jordan Henderson doesn't exist, that's a fun <laughs> midfield three. That's like a total FIFA midfield three because it has some of everything that you want, right? It's got energy, yeah, it's got leadership, absolutely. it's got box box, it's got defensive. It's got everything that you could possibly want. So who's your number three club then? Like, no, let's who's talk about your number you one? To... Yeah, okay, that's fine. Right, that's fine. Right. We'll do my number three because <laughs> because there's no way your number th- my number three is your number one, okay? Okay. My number three Fair is enough. Man City. Okay. He's not going to move to Man City. I know this. He's not, <laughs> he's not the player that Pep wants, I, and I get that. He's the player that I want. Um, I've kind of indicated my position of what Man City's ideal transfer window looks like. We did an episode about that not that long ago. Um. I think that once players reach the wrong side of 30, you're playing a risky game with them because it's very, very unlikely that they're going to get better. And if they have, if they have, if they're at a place of maximum value and you think you can refresh the squad, I think you should do it. So that's why I think that despite how great Mares and, and Gundogan were this season, I think that they both need to be, you know, to, to move on. Cause I think you could still get collectively, you know, 60, 70, 80 million for them. And then you can repurpose that money into elite young players who can have for the long haul. So that being said, I would love to see Renato Sanchez playing at Manchester City because I think he offers that box-to-box role. And obviously, he's not as good on the ball as as uh, Gundogan is. But I think some of my, what Man City lacks sometimes is relentless energy and pressing. And and it doesn't seem like... like I don't understand why people don't rate Bernardo more because Bernardo is fantastic at that but if Bernardo's going to be moving on which it looks like he might be then I think that Renato Sanchez is a perfect player to replace him and or Gundogan where he can play off the right but not in the front three he's not a a right winger but he's a right midfielder who provides limitless amounts of energy and physical presence he's the yaya figure that I want bro I love my midfield three to have that kind of box-to-box energy you know rocket of a shot give me the ball when you need it I'm going to run the park and make sure that I limit the exposure and then if you have that, then you can almost afford to play without Rodri because you could play somebody a little bit more dynamic on the ball at, at the six, right? Like, obviously, Jorginho doesn't play for City, but like a Jorginho type, even like a Gundogan type at the six because Renato is going to do all the all the running for you, right? If you play like a 4-2-3-1 with totally. Renato and, and, uh, and Gundogan, that works for me, you know? And mm-hmm. I know that's not what's going to happen, 
but that's why I have him at three because I really want to see him or move like a there. Ball playing sixth, like a Ruben Neves, for right? Example. I just don't see Renato making that move. But I would really, really like to, if for no other reason than I'm extremely biased. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't even notice this till right now, but that's this is probably enough. subconsciously. My jersey's but on yeah, my yeah. wall that touches Yaya is right next to Renato Sanchez, completely by accident. That's hilarious. Who knew? Like, that's look, hilarious. dude, that's crazy. I didn't yeah, even yeah. notice that until right now. That's so funny. It makes sense. Um, anyway, give me your number one pick for for Renato. I'm going to Barcelona. I think they would love him over there. I don't oh, know right. if that's yeah. It's not uh, who I, I have. I just one. think no. I just think you and I, when we were doing our Barcelona rebuild, we said Frankie De Jong should be playing as number six. Yep. Agreed. And um, playing Renato Sanchez as the box to box midfielder in that midfield three, to me, is outstanding. I I just don't think they can afford him right now. They can't afford him to pay his wages. You can't afford anything. And <laughs> no, exactly. And it would just be so good um, at Barcelona because the the Spanish league is, is a little bit slow. And right. what he's experienced before is is really quick attacking. Um, well, not, not necessarily attacking, but he's, he's used to being the more energized player on the pitch right. that is constantly running with so much stamina and so much endurance. And I don't know if we're giving him enough credit in, as his ball, in his ball yeah. playing. Just in his dribbling ability. His, like, his ability to get his, out of tight spaces exactly. is fantastic. He does need to get right. some recognition for that. So just because we're saying he's the energizer bunny, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have the, the ability to on the ball. Right. No, absolutely not. It's just that is so prevalent and, and it was so clear in the Euros that it kind of overshadowed his, his abilities on the ball. But his abilities on the ball, including that stamina and that, you know, energy that he's putting on the pitch, I think it would be a great fit at Barcelona because they do need to refresh their midfield and they do need a younger player in that. And I think Renato Sanchez would be great for that. So I don't know what your opinion is on that. Get this, all right? I love that shout in a Koeman system in particular because I think if right. you're playing like a 3-4-1-2 <clears throat> where you're midfield three, right? Because you're playing 3-4-1-2. So it's like you're two, they're basically eights, but they're also sixes as De Jong and Renato Sanchez with Pedri at the 10. And then you have Messi playing in his free room spot as one of the two strikers. Dude, it'd be, it'd be insane. That'd be great. It would be a very, very good midfield because it provides a perfect, and you guys know, like I've said this before, that kind of the tandem bike of a midfield two when you have a, a line of four. I think yeah. that that is not something that should be taken for granted. And if you have one who, it's like when I did the Juve rebuild and I said McKinney next to Locatelli. Like it's a perfect kind of style where yeah, they can yeah, both yeah. be eights if they want to and push up, yeah. but they can both sit back and do the job that they're supposed to do. Where one is particularly good for on the ball and distribution and setting tempo. And the other one's really good at cleaning up and destroying and providing energy and running all over the place and getting into the box and staying at the edge of it for shots. I love everything about that shout, but Barcelona are flat broke, so they can't afford them. <laughs> Dude, do you remember when we did I, what I like to think one of our best rebuilds ever? Atletico Madrid. Re rebuilds Atletico Madrid. I think Atletico Madrid is the perfect club for Renato Sanchez because, well, I pitched him in the rebuild, right? I think that's exactly who they need. When they sell Saul, which looks to be inevitable now, it looks like it might even happen this window, he's the guy who should come in to replace him. That's exactly what I said in the rebuild. Yep. That's exactly what I'll say now. Now it just looks even more likely to happen because Saul is actually going to leave. And if that is the yeah. case, having a midfielder who can play, who's very complete, who can play in the middle of the park or on the wing if you need him to, is exactly what, what Atletico Madrid will need. Plus, he's no stranger to a defensive system. He's no stranger to carrying the ball. And he's more than happy to provide all of the same skill that Saul was, right? 
Uh, so I love that shout for him by me. Well done, Nathan. Pat on the back. Great job. <laughs> well I, done, Nathan. I'll say it for you. Thank you. I think that job. I think obviously he can be a bigger star in the world if he goes to like Liverpool or City because just because those clubs have more nor- more notoriety. But I think playing at Atletico Madrid, if he reaches like a level where people are recognizing, okay, he's playing, he's a crucial part of that team and they are consistently contending with Madrid. Yeah, it's a great system for him with Real and with Barca um, that he will get the recognition he deserves and boss it for Portugal on the national stage. Agreed. No, I have nothing to add to that. I think you laid it out perfectly. Boom. All right, guys. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, dude, that's it for my list. We've blown up Lille. Yeah. We've now predicted where we think all these Sorry, players Lil. should go. Sorry, Lil. Yeah, you guys know that's the nature of your club, though. You knew it was inevitable. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap? Um, I don't know. Well, how about you? I think, uh, are you surprised by the lack of activity in the window from Chelsea and City? It's um, weird to say that because they're both Champions League finalists and they have the deepest squads, but... I, that's, I'm going to throw that question to you anyway. The thing is, I can't say I'm surprised because I think both of these clubs try very hard to do sensible transfer business. And you can agree with that or not, but and anybody can agree with it or not. But City have a position where they will not be bullied into spending more than they're, than they're, than they're willing to, right? Where clubs will say, well, we know you have the no, money. they don't have to. So we're going to do it. So you're like, no. That's not how we do business. We have a sustainable model here. We will spend copious amounts of money if we want to, but it'll be on a certain player type where we're going out identifying our target and we're getting him for no more than 70 mil. And so the fact that the players that they're linked with are valued at more than that, I think is just a strong deterrent of why it's inevitable of why those transfers haven't happened yet. I think the Grealish one is a little bit more likely than the Kane one because I think the Kane one is just not feasible. But I think if Dortmund say we are not selling Holland, and that is the primary transfer target of City and Chelsea, the next summer, well, Holland's got a, a decision for all. to make. It's, no, it's, it's, a, just, it's a frenzy. Everybody's going to be going yeah. bananas. Everyone's going to be informed. Everyone's going to be offering all of the money that they have uh, to think of all the Holland. clubs that need that need strikers and that will need strikers a year from now. Yeah, and think Benzema's of how, be where, a year where Holland Cavani's lands gonna in be the elite contract. Ones, right? Think of where Holland yeah. lands in terms of elite of the elite. I think that exactly um, he's up there as one of the best number nines on the planet already, and he just turned 21, like two days True. ago. So I think that's why we haven't seen a whole lot of activity. I don't think that Man City actually, unless they start to sell players like crazy, I don't think they need to bring in anybody. Um but I think they might emerge as a surprise contender for like a Saul or somebody if Bernardo decides to leave. Um, that being said, right. I think Bernardo's only going to leave if we make a transfer. So it's a kind of a catch-22 um, where I don't – I think they definitely – we need to be refreshing the squad consistently. And Joe, Joe says that all the time, right? It's like if you are not refreshing your squad, you are going to lose, right? Yep. Um, I think that's something City saw two years ago in Liverpool won the league, unfortunately. Right, and, and City have never been strangers to that, right? We've made signings where we need to. It's just that right now we're at a place where I, we want certain players, but it is They're not... They're being pressed out of a move. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and City aren't going to break their strategies. They're like, you know what? If we don't get them, we don't get them. But if, No, because as soon as you do it, other clubs will just do the same thing. Exactly. So, And City are already like in good enough contention that they don't need to make those moves right away. So... I don't know. I, I'm not. I can't say I'm extremely surprised. I, I can't even say I'm extremely disappointed because obviously everybody and United are having a fantastic window, right? It's a, it's a lot of fun when you're bringing new talent to the club. Um, yeah. 
but I, I totally understand the club's position and I don't blame them for not breaking the bank to try to, you know, be stupid. You're not going to pay for Tottenham's rebuild, right? No. So that's, that's true. So let's see. Let's see. Uh, that's true. Let's see what happens. I think the Grealish one will Do happen. you, do you, how, how, okay. What's your take on the Varane move? Because obviously I have my own opinions about that, but what's your take on that? Without being so giddy. I don't think initially I thought that Varane is not the player that they needed, right? I, I still don't yeah. think that he's exactly the player that they need. But what we have kind of seen over the past few years is that Ali is not the manager who's going to out-tactic you. And so maybe it's in United's best interest to have a left-footed ball-playing center back because for the system that they could be playing. But Ali doesn't care for that system. Ali's like, no, I want the best players who are going to provide me with the best chance of getting the results the way that I want to play the game. And if that's the case, getting a veteran seasoned leader in his prime for pretty cheap, there's nothing wrong with that move. For less than Arsenal got from Ben White, yeah. Uh, Literally, there's nothing wrong with that move. Like, it's a very smart move for United to make, uh, especially because Varane is going to be playing next to a captain. I I think Maguire is going to be playing off the left now. He's going to be just the left center back. And I don't know if there will be too much of a... I don't even think there'll be too much of an adjustment period for Varane or for... Um, Sancho, I think the they're both players who will be able to settle into the squad pretty quickly. So I, I Maguire already regularly plays on the left anyway because he's covering right. for Luke Shaw all the time. Exactly. So right. that, that's not going to be foreign for him. He already plays that role. No, and I don't think that Veron will take a long time to adjust to the Premier League because I think he's already. I think it'd be a little bit disrespectful of his accomplishments to suggest that he couldn't, you know, fit in almost struggle. anywhere. Yeah. Right? Because he can't. And if for nothing else, to be fantastic at recoveries and staying in that system, just like he does for for Real. Um, I think Sancho, you know how I feel about that. I, I just, I don't think he's exactly the, I think he's going to be great. I think he's a great player. I just don't think he's exactly the the type of right winger that you would have wanted. And I wouldn't be surprised if he plays off the left, actually, a little bit more, even though you bought him specifically because you have problems at right wing. But the fact of the matter is United are steadily improving their 11 with smart sensible transfers that are not just pissing away money there's actually spending yeah i think we got both of them yeah we got both of them for the money that doran was asking for central last season anyway like combined right right so it's like yeah well even if you spend what is it like 130 mil it's like a for both no yeah it's like 73 73 million pounds right yeah and uh and then veron was like 43 so it's like yeah 110, 115, 120, something like that. So it's exactly what Dortmund was asking for last season. Right. So I'm excited to see. I, I don't know how much the nine spot will be a problem this season because Cavani can't play week in, week out. And I know we'd like no, to can't. think that he can, but he can't. And so no, to we, not have a consistent number nine will be hard. I think Martial will get sold. Yeah. Um, I don't think Greenwood is ready do you to think, take the reins. Do you think that happens this summer? I don't know, man. It, I, don't. It, I feel I'm like it's been kind of stagnant. Yeah, I feel like it's been too much of a stagnant window where unless something happens and develops very quickly, like almost out of nowhere, we're yeah. like, okay, we want him. We're going to get him like right now. I just Like don't a think deadline so. day signing. See, I, I don't for for two reasons. I think Rashford's going to go into surgery and he's going to be out for the first two months. Right. That's already been said. Yeah. And why sell Martial when you're not when you know you're not going to have Rashford? And I think I actually agree with you in saying that Sancho might play on the left. I just, I think he might play on the left while Rashford is out, and then just play Greenwood on the right like he always does. Yeah, um, or you can just, or you can just flip them, and then until Rashford comes back, and then put um, Sancho on the right. I would just say, 
despite the, the struggles that Martial has had, why would you sell him unless you're going to replace him this summer right. if you know Rashford's going to miss the first two seasons? Right, right, right. And the other reason is that I think um, I think it's it's just not going to happen. <laughs> like, honestly, I just think he, we are terrible at selling people. That's the real second reason. We're, ter- we're terrible at selling people. Yeah. I think our squad is, is probably huge. Um, oh, yeah. We still have Andres so Pereira and Jesse Lingard. I don't know why. Um, Lingard, I can understand. He had a great end of the season, and, and maybe we want to keep him as, as an impact sub. But Pereira is still at the club. Jones is still at the club. So we, we suck at selling people, and yeah. we, might not, we might not just be able to, to actually go into sensible negotiations for selling Martial. Right. Like, we may just be asking for too much. So I, I understand that. And because Rashford's going to be out, if we're not going to replace him, I don't think it's going to be a sensible move to sell him. Mm. But I am happy with our with our transfer window so far. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Well, Sancho when we got Varane, so I am happy with that. Um, Varane is a kind of like a Rolls-Royce luxury centre-back. Mm. Um, but I think he complements Maguire really well. And that's what I'm excited to see. I think yeah. his strengths match Maguire's weaknesses and vice versa. Right. And, yeah, I'm, and I'm very excited really to see what, what what happens with that. I am excited to for you, but not especially excited to watch United actually start to become contenders again, because obviously that's not yeah. in my best interest, selfishly. <laughs> um, but I think that pretty much has to wrap up uh, the show for so. today, right? Because I think we've we've covered a lot. We've definitely covered a lot. We touched on a little bit of everything, yeah. We started with utter malarkey as per as per <laughs> freaking usual talking about hats talking about fantasy fights between uh different superheroes. wolverine and thanos yeah yeah and uh, man anyway what we dude we got every week to talk about random nonsense we exactly have to get into it to close out the show guys we thank you so so much oh i forgot to do the giveaway last week all right guys the giveaway is coming <laughs> we'll post it on the instagram page i completely forgot a mental right now um, so I'm going to post that soon. The giveaway is coming. The merch is coming. We're very excited for it. We thank you as always for listening to the show. I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and at everywhere else at master chef, including our YouTube channel where you can find bonus clips of the Jersey wall, uh, bro talk, random discussions and utter nonsense like that. If you like the show, be sure to share it with your friends. We are growing, man. We're at 101 here. This is a course code. Brethren, where can we find from you? Uh, short and sweet. So I'll do it at meanadultgolly98 on Instagram and Twitter. I'll follow back if you can find me. Boom. That's going to wrap up episode number 101, guys. We thank you very much, as always, for your support. We love you. We'll see you back here next week. Right here. Layers. On the Jerry's Ball Podcast, baby. Woo!